Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, girl. Hey, welcome back to another episode of my weekly podcast, Taste of Taylor. I'm your host, Taylor Strecker, and I have returning guest, Mackenzie Green. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey. Mackenzie is one of the newer co-hosts on my radio show, The Taylor Strecker Show. So we talk every single Friday. I get a glorious hour with Mackenzie and all of her thoughts on the world. And we recently um, did like a deep dive into Blackest King on The Taylor Strecker Show. But it was like, it was so raw and emotional that I feel like we didn't quite finish sentences no. or thoughts. Nope. I, I I came so ill-prepared, Mackenzie. I was just all, like, emotion and reaction. Like, I couldn't remember the song, like, <laughs> you know, order. I couldn't remember shit. But the conversation was so fucking fascinating. And I actually thought, Mackenzie, of just taking that hour, repurposing it, and playing it this week on Taste of Taylor. Do it. I mean, but I'm sorry know, for all of you that have to listen to my rambling, I but know, yeah. Right? <laughs> But then I was like, you know what? We discussed even at the end of last week, because we like literally looked up. We were like, holy shit, an hour went by. And we all we talked about was Blackest King. Yes. What, ha- what happened? <laughs> um, so it was like a Blackest King therapy session. Yeah, basically. Basically. And I had warned everybody going into it. I was like, get ready. I have no chill about what this is. So just brace yourself for me to like word vomit how happy I am. And it was so good. And we actually said the end of it, we have to come back probably next week and do a part yep. two, right? So if you don't subscribe to the Taylor Strucker Show, you should. And you can hear part one of Mackenzie and my Black is King breakdown. But I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do part two here yeah. on Taste of Taylor. So in case people don't subscribe, which is cool, then they can actually... because. This conversation with you, Mackenzie, is a gift, and women need to hear it, especially because, and I was just saying this to Mackenzie before we started recording, so I watched Black is King, like, the weekend that it came out. So it came out July 31st. Yes. So I probably watched it, like, I don't know, like, August 2nd or something. You're better than me. And I, I was came... like, July 31st, what time is it? 3.01? <laughs> Let's turn it on. 3.01 a.m.? I was like, it's here. <laughs> like, I was just like, guys, is it midnight? Is it here? <laughs> Wait, for real? You watched it at 3.01 a.m.? No, because you know I go to sleep like a baby. No, oh, I put right. it on while I was right. working out at 5 in the morning. And so I was like working <laughs> out and looking up and being like, oh, my God. It's so beautiful. Just, it's like just... looking into the sun. So I literally had like a Beyonce appreciation week on my Instagram story last week. Like I was like every day I wanted to post a different like just snippet from the album from the I mean, it's really it's a film. And if you guys don't know, because so many people, Mackenzie, an alarming amount of people were like, where can I watch it? I was like, 
first of all, I posted Black is King, and literally it says at Disney Plus. Yes. So Disney Plus, the home of um, Hamilton, Beyonce, and everything you wish you could watch. <laughs> So if you don't subscribe, like, stop it. Plus, you can, like, watch Moana 24-7. Like, hello. Why are we not subscribing to Disney Plus? You can watch Jurassic Park. Tay and I watched that over the You can watch Inside Out and just get a good cry. (laughs) You can watch Toy Story 3 (laughs) and just feel all your feelings. Just... I highly, highly Come recommend on, Disney Plus. <laughs> when neither but, one of us are being paid by Disney Plus, especially not me, if my boss <laughs> listens to this. <laughs> so I like I was posting like crazy, and I will tell you this. And I'm, I'm not trying to shade or shame my audience at all. And Mackenzie and I actually talked about this when we did the Blackest King breakdown part one for the radio show. So like I do think a lot of people, quote unquote, don't get Beyonce maybe that follow me and we're gonna get into why maybe that is but I didn't get like a lot of people it it wasn't like a shit ton of negativity there was one woman who dm'd me saying how can you not have your eyes open in the times that we live in I'm paraphrasing and then she said um she I assume she was referring to Beyonce is a pedophile and child sex trader like globally and i'm like bitch what so that was like and we just kind of had our own yeah we had our own little yeah we had our own little debate back and forth in which i which is that just for the record just to clarify we 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 talked about it like in detail on yeah on the radio show show. yeah but like just to be clear like that bitch is crazy yes Taylor and, Taylor and I came at it from two different places in which Taylor was like, yo, don't come to me with some crazy information. And I came at it from you would never write something like that about Taylor Swift or any other non-BIPOC artist because just admit weird bias on the Internet. Like, come on, guys. Right. Right. Like how you want me to open my eyes? Yeah. And are you excuse me? It's like, no, no. I don't think so. So that was like a ridiculous thing. But like I, I started going like, wait, is Beyonce like a controversial figure? Like I literally yeah. took a second to think about that. And then I didn't get like anybody being like, yes, loved Black- Blackest King. Like there was nobody like on my DMs showing me the love. See, People I think they're just. But this is our, ignoring this is our whole thing or, about Black Twitter. It's like, meanwhile, my whole timeline right. is exploding right. with like, what a time to be alive. This bitch told you black is king. We are never stopping this energy. Like this is what <laughs> this is what we do for our ancestors. This is what Coretta and everybody fought for. Like that was the funny thing is like as you and I would talk and you were kind of like, oh, well, people aren't really hype. I'm like, meanwhile, over here on the other side of the world, people are losing their minds. Folks are like, yo, let me get an appointment to the hair braider today. Like, where can I get those 30 inches of silky <laughs> hair? Like it was just like, How? wait. How can I get into Black Twitter? Can I? I don't know. I think it's <laughs> no, a little. I like, think it's a little bit of like a diagonally situation. Like I have to kind of open it up for you, but it's like then I have to start telling you who to follow. <laughs> like I would love to be your Hagrid into that part of the Wizarding World, but I don't know. I don't know if I can let you in. <laughs> I mean, and then and then we switch it up so fast. I mean, 
I saw that with Game of Thrones. It was like Black Twitter had Dem Thrones. And then I guess too many yes. people told white people, told Caucasian folks what it was. Because <laughs> the next thing you knew, like HBO had added the little like logo insignia thing to it. When you, use, you know, on Twitter, when you use it and then like a picture shows up at the end of the hashtag. Yes. And then like next thing I knew, I would see like Susie Q being like Dem Thrones. And so everybody was like, y'all, like low key Underground Railroad style. Everybody was like, hey, guys, we've transitioned to Thrones, y'all. Don't use Dem Thrones anymore. <laughs> They've taken it over. The white people have found us. Like <laughs> So, but I got a lot of DMs like from listeners or fans or whatever you want to, you know, call fall followers. And it was like, I don't get it, or I don't get her, or like, like, like it, she's lost on me. And I don't think it was black is king specific. I don't either. It seemed to be Beyonce yes, specific. Absolutely. And so I want to talk about this because I remember growing up in high school, like Beyonce, I mean, she was a pop culture icon, yeah. Destiny's Child. And then she, you know, broke out into her, her like solo career, crushed that. And we actually discussed this again, part one of our breakdown yep. of Black as King. And you were saying that there are two different Beyonce's there are two different eras. that the world has seen. Absolutely. And I think you see the transition, like I'll reference everybody going to like the Deja Vu video. Like that is a okay. clear homage to Josephine Baker. If you don't know who Josephine Baker is, I highly recommend you Google. Like for me as somebody who's a big burlesque fan, Josephine Baker was like the queen of burlesque at her time. And she was a black woman. She was shunned here in America, ended up moving to Paris, became, you know, this kind of huge bon vivant there where everybody lost their minds about her. And so it's like, and the reason I referenced that video is to me, that's like the beginning of the werewolf transformation for Beyonce from like yeah. acceptable Creole, you know, light skinned black woman who sings pop music that everybody can enjoy to being this black woman who's like, I don't give a shit. I don't care. I don't care what I need to be popular. Like um, Kenya Barris said this great line in Black AF on Netflix. Watch that as well. I'm giving you guys all yeah. the streaming services to watch that are not my employer, but go for it. <laughs> um. Well, while we're at it also... <laughs> Go to BET+. Yeah, go to BET+. Plus. But also, like, yes. Devin, I'm sorry I'm plugging all these other networks that are not <laughs> ours. But, <laughs> but like, there's this great moment where he talks about um, the white gaze and not G-A-Y-S, G-A-Z-E. And I think, yes. like, and it's the same yes. way for all the women that are listening, like, this conversation around, like, Wonder Woman is so spectacular because it's made by Patty Jenkins and it's not taking into account the male gaze. It's strictly for the female gaze. Hence why like Wonder Woman's butt is actually covered when she's fighting all this stuff. So, <laughs> but my thing is like Beyonce hit a definitive point. I think particularly with the self-titled album that dropped out of nowhere where she basically said, I no longer care about the white gaze ever again. And I yep. no longer make music thinking in mind what will be popular to popular culture. Will everybody understand it? Will it feel relatable to everyone? And she just decided one day I strictly make music for black people. Cause to me, I've always known that about her. Like when she, when they were doing the Destiny's Child farewell concert and I went, I remember she has this entire routine dedicated to Alvin Ailey and Judith Jamison. And I won't even get into what it is, but it's a very specific routine called Revelations. Like every black person knows the image of the people carrying the parasols and the the woman wearing this beautiful white gown. And I remember sitting in the audience looking at that and thinking, wow, this is a very specific reference that if you are not 
black or at least like knowledgeable in the history of dance are probably looking at thinking like, oh, cute Beyonce with your with your umbrella. Oh, cute. <laughs> Look at you walking all slow. Oh, yes. Come on, slow-mo. Yes, mama. But it's like, <laughs> but it's like rooted in a real, real homage to like one of the first great black women to choreograph dance. So I just, I remember when Taylor and I were talking in part one, I was just very specific of like, Beyonce don't make music for white people anymore. She has stopped. She has stopped performing for white people. She has stopped dancing for white people. She stopped making music for white people. Like when she showed up in Oakland for the Super Bowl, dressed like a Black Panther, I was like, oh, the transformation is complete. Like she, (laughs) she is done. She has stopped. Like the moment that SNL sketch, and I always reference this when Formation came out, where it's like white people losing their minds because it's the day Beyonce turned black that they're like, oh my God, <laughs> Negro nose, hot sauce in my bag, Jackson 5 nostrils, what? Baby hair. It's like the amount, I remember going to brunch after that song dropped and just watching all, and I went with my MBA um, classmates and I remember like looking around the table and watching like, watching this one other black girl that was at the brunch with me and we're like bopping along seeing this whole, whole thing we're like I like my negro nose of Jackson fine not like the whole thing and I'm looking at like the girls at the table just kind of being like oh, okay ladies now let's get in formation like they're just kind of like what part can I sing because this all feels like this is not this is not to me and it's like no it's not and I I think what is funny to me, and I've gotten a lot of feedback on part one as I move my dog over to the other side of me. <laughs> um, I think a lot of the feedback I've gotten on part one is people being like, oh, if it's not for me, um, I'll try my hardest. And it's like, no, no, no. It's not about being like, oh, it's not for me. OK, I just won't watch it. It's like, no, no as a black woman. I have navigated through a world that has had things that are not for me. Like, like, like give us examples, like pop culture, growing up examples, not even just pop culture, but like opening a magazine and they would have foundation samples. Nobody put those in there with me in mind. It was always like the pastiest, like I would, I would be like, Ooh, mommy, look. And she'd be like, sweetheart, close that sample. That is not for you, baby girl, (laughs) you know, or even just like pop culture in the sense of, Okay, perfect example. The Spice Girls. Every black girl out here can think of this. When the Spice Girls happened, everybody scrambled to find the one scary spice for their group. So you knew as a black girl. So for me, I loved Victoria Beckham. I was like, I am Posh Spice. I feel my spirit animal. I know where I belong. Is it the little Gucci dress, the little Gucci dress, or the little Gucci dress? Like, I I always wanted to be Victoria. And then instantly when you get together with your group of friends, they were like, okay, so great, Mel B. And you're like, why? 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 Why do I have to be over here wearing cheetah print? with my hair and like horns. It's like, but this doesn't feel real to me, you know, or it was like, this doesn't speak to me as much. And it was like, well, Mackenzie, you know, you have to be scary spice, you know, or you'd right. watch a video. And, and I think I even made this joke to you of like when Brittany and Christina in my like middle school years were going through their dirty yep. phase, it was like in my back of my mind was, you know, I'm watching my girlfriends walk around in like super short, softy shorts, like feeling their Christina Aguilera realness going through their dirty <laughs> phrase. And all I could hear in my mom, in my head was my mom, the constant drum beat that you get from black parents of like, don't be out here embarrassing us. Don't be acting like these white kids, you know? And so I'm like, oh, they get to be dirty. 
but I got to be nice and prim and proper. And I got to, you know, and you're just, like, also it's middle school. Like what was dirty? It was like pretending to grind on somebody at a party. Ew. But Ew. grinding is so, the worst. By the way, I would just want to say Gen Z so lucky they have TikTok. I mean, they my God. will never have an they awkward will, dancing They phase. will never know what it's like to literally walk up to- Do like, the Macarena? <laughs> or like, I told somebody like, guys, do you realize we used to like have little boys walk up to us and be like, you want to dance? And then you just like turn around and you're like shaking your butt. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is that? Like, what an impersonal- And they're little boners. Yeah, they're like, 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 really horrid. What is this? <laughs> this is- atrocious oh i wish i could have that time back i wish i could get in a time machine and be like this is the worst part though i was never asked to dance because again only black girl at a majority white school and it was oh. always like it was always just me standing over there and people being like have you met feemy and i'm like you mean the one other black guy at our brother's school yes i've met him and no i'm not attracted to him so i never had to worry about people grinding on me oh. it was like me like awkwardly dancing and then people like standing around being like go go and i'm like i'm not a good dancer I'm just better than you. Like, like, don't act like, don't act like this is you got served. Like, I'm like, ooh, ooh, eh. like popping, like popping, locking. Like when crumping happened, I was like, just all I had to do was like learn enough of this, and people were like, oh my god, she's like Omarion. It was like I'm, I'm actually a really bad dancer. You guys just don't know enough black people. Oh my god, guys, this is what I do to Taylor all the time. Oh, but and like also Mackenzie is always saying like friends. She's like, I don't get one joke or no, reference. I get from nothing. That when we talk about pop culture, it's to me, it is wild to think that Gabrielle Union is the first and like only love interest on friends. Yep. Like, yep. Yeah. And the fact that she can pinpoint, like, I'm I'm the Rosa Parks of Friends. Like, that should bother people. That should really be. And then what's even wilder to me is when somebody says, oh, my God, I can't believe you've never watched Friends. And I'm like, well, have you ever watched Living Single? And it's like, what what's that? And I'm like, well, first and foremost, it's the superior show. It's the show yes. that Friends is based off of. It's got a, I didn't know that. Yes. Yes. I Shit. I learned about this recently. That I I know, right? It's like it's always this where it's like I remember there's like a joke where you can ask your like Google Home device like who created the light bulb and then it tells you and you're like, "Okay, now what black person created the light bulb?" and it'll tell you like the actual person that made it like 50 years earlier or something. But like the story with friends is that the creators that they filmed Living Single and Friends, like I think in the same lot at Warner Brothers or something to that effect, but basically that the creators fell in love with Living Single of Friends. And because the choice was like right as the two were dropping and the choice was like, what do we name it? It was like, well, name the other one Friends and name this one Living Single. But like originally that the pilot script for Living Single, I think was called like Friends. (laughs) basically wow yeah but like the creators and and what's his face um david schwimmer have all admitted now that like uh-huh. yeah we we basically created a white version of the show and like to me that is the pop culture thing is like it's the it's right. the joke in dream girls that you have you know the super hip soul singers that come up with a song and then it would get pat boone versioned and taken onto American Bandstand. And everybody was like, yes, I love this. So fun. Let's twist it out. You know, the same <laughs> thing with like, with like Elvis and this older, I, I cannot remember her name, but it was like this black gospel singer that it was like, she sang in Hound Dog, never went anywhere. He was like, great song. Let me do it. 
and then he's Elvis. He also Presley. stole his moves from who? Some black. I think singer, it was for sure. James Brown. It was either James Brown or somebody. But it's like that's to me that is my experience as a black woman existing in the world. Like there's a great right. meme that says. Um, to be black is to feel like you're a conspiracy theorist always yelling in the background like black people did it first like <laughs> but you're always just like really embarrassed to be like uh, well, well actually you know I mean I do that even now with surfing it's like when people are like ooh I can't yep. you know when they'll say like oh you know do you enjoy it you're not the stereotypical surfer and I'm like well the earliest recorded um, video uh, <laughs> novels of people surfing on devices is actually uh, what is now Ghana you know and you sound like a crazy person but it's like inherently i feel like black and brown people are always going through this i mean i think of of friends of mine who are korean who are like i grew up being mocked mercilessly for bringing stinky food to school and now i'm watching them put kimchi on a hot dog and people being like "Ooh, i've got to eat this kimchi for my gut health you know and it's like i'm sorry when did what you know or it's like friends of mine who are like yeah i'm watching a white woman walk through Koreatown like drinking boba tea and it's blowing my mind to look at this, you know? <laughs> and it's like years ago, if I had been like, would you like some tapioca t- milk tea? The person would have been like, ew, ew. gross. <laughs> so- but the thing is, well, wait, so to go back though, like to this idea of like, I don't get Beyonce. Yeah. So what do you say to such people a long who, road. no, wow. I am here for your tangents and your journeys. Please don't ever stop. I beg of you not to. You go. I'll just steer us yeah, back just, where we need to go. You just bring me back where I need to be. <laughs> so, but this idea of people like DMing me, like, I just don't get Beyonce. Yeah. Like, what will, what do you say to those women? And like you said, a lot of people were DMing you like, well, if it's not for me, then I'm, then I'm just going to disengage. Yeah. And we're both saying as a black woman, you, yeah. and as a white woman, me, who did watch Black yeah. King, I want to be honest. I almost gave up. I'm, I'm not yep. going to fucking sit here in front. 11 minutes in, I actually, I can tell you exactly where. Okay, so it starts, this is Black is King, the yes, breakdown. Yes, the like, breakdown, like, like, the yes. real breakdown. So it starts off with Black Parade, yes. which is like amazing imagery. I mean, and you're just like, oh my God, she's a goddess. That dress is amazing. Like, is she swimming in the ocean? Sharks, don't eat Beyonce. She's very important. <laughs> like all these things are going through my head. And then Find Your Way Back, Remix. Then it goes on to Bigger. And, you know, it kind of starts off with some slow songs, yeah. which we were talking about Halo. I hate Halo. I hate Halo you hate so Halo. I, hate I, I feel like me hating Halo get, like gets me points the, with the you. First, yes. yes. But you always have points with me. The first time somebody told me Ryan Tedder, I think Ryan Tedder wrote that. And I was like, oh, that explains everything. Like, like, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what you're saying, but I'll, he's, I'm here for he's it. He's this producer and like very lovely man. Lovely. Here in the pop music world, he is a white man. And like, uh-huh. you know, and it's like, <laughs> Really cute song, super popular, lovely, you know, nice little ditty. Same thing with single ladies. But to me, it's like, I don't. Don't don't touch single ladies. People <laughs> like, listen, if I go to one more wedding where women are like, yes, run down to the dance floor, put a ring on it. Mackenzie, put a ring on it, I Jeff. almost picked my wedding dress no. when I got married. Mm-hmm. So that I, it was, it was like a wedding dress that like, then like, it was like a high low. So like the front came off of it and it became like a totally new dress. So just so I could perform single ladies at my wedding, which makes no sense as I was getting married. If you ever, if you ever did something like that, you would just feel a gentle hand snatch you off the dance floor. (laughs) And you'd be like... Your Tay would be like, oh, it must be Mackenzie because Taylor just got <laughs> just got pulled off the dance floor and 
in his garment. I didn't. I decided to go with a totally different dress and thought, why? Like, I, I'm clearly losing my mind that that's even something I thought I would do. But to the point, I love saying ladies. Well, it's not even, Which it's not even as big, like, it's me. always funny to me is, like, people are very, like, oh, no, I, like, what I'll say, like, jokes, like, oh, if you watch The Help, you owe me $50, and they're, like, oh, no, I'm so horrible. <laughs> it's, like, no, you're not horrible. It's, like, listen, I watch stuff that probably somebody would be, like, Mackenzie, that is not representative of my culture. Like, like, okay, perfect example. I love Bride and Prejudice. Bride and Prejudice is an adapt is a Bollywood adaptation of Pride and Prejudice, obviously. There are probably a lot of other South Asians who are like, oh, baby girl, there are way better Bollywood films than that. <laughs> and that's my thing is like, that's dope. And I want to know that. And that's my response to like people saying, right. I don't get it. It's like, it's okay to be like, I'm watching this and I don't understand it. But like, full honesty i have watched stuff now beyond, particularly black is king because i am an african-american i am a black person who grew up in america i do not understand all the african imagery i am gonna watch it and be like wow that was interesting or my mom and i are gonna go what what's the deal with the blue guy why was she like right. this? what is the deal with the blue guy? i'm still trying to figure that out okay. but it's like but my thing is then after I'm watching it and I'm thinking to myself, I don't fully understand this. I then I'm like, you know what? I want to go find African writers who are talking about what this was. Or like when you and I talked about Lemonade, it's to everybody who's like, I don't get it. I didn't understand Lemonade. I was one of those people watching it being like, ooh, Jay-Z's in trouble. Ooh. Yo, yeah, like yeah, that's right. all I caught. And I was like, ooh, cute yellow dress. Ooh, she going to break the, put a bat through his car. Like, okay, Carrie Underwood. Like... <laughs> All of that stuff. I love you. But then, like, right. but then recently, because I'm a huge, I literally have made everybody who listens to the Taylor Strecker show do this, but like the Dissect podcast broke down yes. Lemonade. Now, when I listened to that, I listened to the entire season, the Lemonade season on my cross country drive here to LA. I kid you not, around like episode three, I had to pause it because I was with my mom. I turned to my mom and I was like, okay, so. Beyonce is clearly a genius and yeah. I have obviously missed a lot of stuff. And that's me as a black woman saying like, I did not understand what I was looking at. We all thought it was cute that she was wearing that big yellow flowy dress. I had no idea that all of these yellow gowns that she's been wearing, like when she did the Grammy performance, when she was pregnant with like the beautiful gown on and the headpiece that she is like representing an African goddess called Oshun, who's the goddess of the river who like transports people you know, through life, I had no clue. Now I'm listening to this podcast and I'm finding out that like the opening scenes of Lemonade, the movie are her supposedly coming to terms as a black woman with the longstanding history of, you know, slavery and what black women endured. I don't know any of this unless I am willing to watch it and then go, I feel like I'm missing something. I feel like I'm not getting something here. It's like, I love freedom. I think it's an incredible song. When I listen to the episode about freedom and realize that like Kendrick Lamar is doing couplets that count down from 10 to one with his syllabic choices and just how he's breaking down the verses blew my mind. Then to realize that the sample underneath that you're hearing in freedom, that like what sounds like a, um, an organ is actually like a sample from some old church service that was held at the church where the three little girls were killed in the bombing. It's like, that's when wow. all, that's all of a sudden when your brain explodes and you're like, oh, no, she's on a different level. So like to she's, those. No, she's she's not of this. She's earth. not of this. earth. She is she's, not. she's creating something different. And that's why I say to people who are like, well, I don't I don't get it as hyperbolic as this may sound. Yeah. The first time you go see the Mona Lisa, you're probably like, is that it? 
Is that what I came all the way yeah. over here for? It's not it's not unless you have like before your trip to Paris, you like study the history of how this painting was made and what went into it that all of a sudden you are standing in the sea of people staring at that painting, going, you know, in tears because you're like the work that went into that. Like, yes, yes, exactly. So if when Mackenzie says it's not for you, it doesn't mean it's don't go watch yeah. it. It just means like when I was watching Brown, well, when Brown Skin Girl came on, I started hysterically crying for so many different reasons. My number one reaction was for all my brown and black friends and colleagues. I know I don't I don't immediately feel how important this is to me, like, but I can empathize that this must be the most important song like yeah. that maybe any of them have heard about beauty standards yes. in their entire life it is, it correct is tr- it, it that the first time i heard that song i was almost like this isn't this isn't a real song like what is this a real song is this i thought i don't know what i thought but i was like ha 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 i didn't know what was going on like the first time when this album came out like maybe a year two years ago i was like this yeah. isn't this isn't a real song. What's happening? What's going on? And then it was like, I really listened and I thought, oh my, oh my God, she wrote a song. And I think for me, what was so beautiful in Black is King is that nuance of, it wasn't just dark-skinned Black women. It was Tamil, you know, South Asian dark-skinned women. It was all of these different women that I thought, oh my gosh, this is a beautiful love letter to black women but it's also this video now is about colorism like this video yes. is about the bullshit because again colorism is rooted in systemic racism and this idea of eurocentric beauty that the lighter you are the closer you are to being good you know hence the conversations right. around good hair and you know being a red bone and all this stuff and i was like wow what a beautiful piece of music made by a light-skinned black woman. Like, to me, yes. that was somebody using their... Like, when we talk about privilege and people get real uncomfortable with the word white privilege, I am also very cognizant of of light-skinned privilege. And yes. I'm like, there's something so beautiful to me about Beyonce, who's heralded as this, like, blonde-haired, light-skinned woman, being like, I'm about to write a letter to my darker-skinned sisters telling them that, like, no, you are gorgeous if nobody's told you today. Like, if no right. one has has given you the pump-up song, here you go. Here's the thing that you can listen to on repeat with your daughters and all this stuff and feel truly seen in your skin and that we also, as your sisters, see the beauty in you. You know, it's it's amazing. And, well, but it, it, it is amazing. And it so wasn't lost to me. But honestly, it was the first time I've watched media and felt really left out. Yeah. And that yep. at first made me sad and uncomfortable. And then I realized, okay, right. Don't forget this. All the work that I'm doing, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. uncomfortable yep. And so then I was like, wow, this is how my black and brown friends and colleagues feel all the yes. fucking time. And then I got it. So that's the thing with this, with Blackest King or anything really that Beyonce's done post what? Post I would say, po- I would say post Beyonce, post the self-titled album, like post self-titled okay. it's, it's been this way. And I, and we talked about this on, on the show is this um, beautiful essay and, and really great video of Ta-Nehisi Coates talking to a white student who asked him basically like, I'm an ally. This is very pre black lives matter kind of really taking off. But she's like, I'm an ally. I feel really uncomfortable that people say the N word and rap music. Like, what do I do about that? Like what, what's the course of action? Can I say it in private? You know, can I never say it again? Maybe nobody should say it. 
And I thought Coates's response was so great in the fact that he said to her, the greatest thing you can do as an ally, and this touches on what you just said, is to continue to consume and surround yourself with things that were not made for you. So okay. the only way you will truly, like you said, understand the black experience is walking into spaces that are inherently not built for you that are inherently not made with you in mind. And like that video, this movie is a perfect example. She is not making perfect. it in any way, shape or form with my white godsons in mind. Like he, she is not making it with my sorority sisters in mind. You, right. She's not making it with any, like the only white people in that whole thing are the people who are the help in mood forever. That's it. The man that brushes yep. her grill, her butler, her butler <laughs> is like the only white guy I can find. And I think like, to me, it's that funny thing where if you are listening and you're like, oh, really? You're counting the white people? It's like, but I have I have gone to films and I have, you know, as somebody who's a new rom-com convert, I have absolutely watched movies and been like, are there any black people in this? And been like, oh, there's one. Like, I recently watched Grease and I, that was my whole thing was <laughs> I was just like, oh, there's one. There's one. He's in the background. He's in the background. Like, I was just kind of like, wow, this was something made without me in mind. It was not made thinking, oh, I hope, you know, a young black girl is inspired. Or it's like um, Hollywood on Netflix is like a great example of like taking the story of how yes. content and media is made. And I think they let people in on the conversation where it's like, oh, a movie with an Asian director and an Asian lead won't do well. I mean, that line is brilliant because now we all sit in a post crazy rich Asians world where we know, no, actually a movie with an Asian director <laughs> and Asian leads actually does do really well. But I think anybody out there who's a person of color is thinking that same thing. It's like, right. How many times are my South Asian friends watching something and being like, well, there we are playing a terrorist, you know, or it's like, here's <laughs> right. like, oh, it's a good episode of Law and Order. That means, you know, I have friends who are actors and they're like, I'm going to be on Law and Order. And I'm like, so which are you? Are you in jail or are you on trial? And they're like, mm, I'm on trial. You know, it's like, <laughs> God. You know, it's like I think that that to me is the most radical act you can do as an ally is to say to yourself, like, hey, I'm going to consume and surround myself with art or whatever that is not necessarily made with me as the primary thought. And I think it's uncomfortable because I I think for the first time, something like that is the first time, like you said, that a white person is confronted with, "Ooh, I am not in this. I mean, Black Panther, there's two white guys in the whole film. One of them dies before we even get to like the second act of the film. And you're like, oh, oh, oh. I was like, oh, we're doing that today, Ryan Coogler. All right. I'm into this. You know, it's like I think there's something about that that is necessary and important. It, it's it's bringing to life that meme of the girl standing in front of the, t the doll aisle and all the, the white girl standing there and all the dolls being brown. It's like, that's the reality of the situation for people exactly. like myself. Exactly. So if you say like, I don't get Beyonce, think like, ask yourself, why do I say that? Yeah. And give black is King a chance. Yeah. Just, just do it. And don't ass out in the first no. 10 minutes because you're like, I don't get this imagery. This part's a little slow. Yeah. Make it to mood forever. Yes. And if you still aren't there, you're, you're, you're broken. Yeah. If you're, if you, if you make it to that point and you're still not there and you're like, I'm uncomfortable, I don't get this. Why are these black women at a debutante ball? Like all of that stuff, very valid, but then go on Google and look up like black debutante balls. Like I was a debutante in my day 
And I did, and this shows you, this was 2006. I did one debutante ball that has, was part of like the Washington, um, the Washington society thing in the hundred and something year history of this debutante ball. I was the first black Deb ever. So this is 2006 y'all. This ain't back in the day with black and white photos with Jackie Robinson. This is me as a senior in high school, having to have gone through this etiquette school being the first black debutante. I remember the woman, Mrs. Simpson, hugged me and she legitimately had tears in her eyes. This white lady with this big bouffant hairdo. And she was like, from the minute you joined the school, I prayed that we would get to this day. Because oh. I think for her, she had always wanted a black debutante. But the the idea is like black people don't do this stuff. Now, on the flip side, I'm also I grew up in Jack and Jill. And for anybody that doesn't know, I like to say it's a place for bougie black kids to go and be black together because they exist in majority white spaces. So their parents want them to know other black kids. Um, but it's like one of those very old black society things. And we did a debutante ball. I remember being like almost a little embarrassed. And I hate it. And again, this is me like talking about my own internalized Eurocentric ideas of what is acceptable and what isn't. And I remember like downplaying the Jack and Jill cotillion so much. And I was like, well, no, 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 I'm doing a real one next month. And it's like, and then when I watched Brown Skin Girl to see them doing this like black debutante ball, I was like, how lucky was I to have experienced this, experienced both sides of this, to have gone to one where it was like all of these beautiful black girls across so many spectrums and, you know, young black men who have gone on to do great things and getting to like, you know, break, you know, the glass ceiling or the stained glass ceiling, as I like to call it for like other black girls that wanted to then do the Washington society ball. And I think it's just all of that stuff in there. It's just, it, it brought up to me this thing that I saw shared by this incredible writer, um, Daniel Prescott, where it's like this idea of when did you stop thinking you were ugly and instead realize that you we're actually surrounded by too many white people and subscribe to a Eurocentric idea of beauty. And I and really want to talk yeah. about this because th- so literally today that we're recording this. So by the time this airs, it'll be like the beginning of this week. Yeah. But um, Cosmopolitan magazine or Cosmo.com, they came out with um, an article, how uh, Beyonce's blackest King makeup looks were a love letter to black beauty yes. written by, a black author. Thank goodness. Um, yes, exactly. Because that doesn't always I wouldn't happen, be talking about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, I-, I feel like there's also a celebration of black beauty, yes. and obviously, Brown Skin Girl is specifically about that. But the entire film, the entire, the entire film. album, is about black is beautiful. Yes. So I do want to talk about though, like this concept, and it's been popping up in conversation more so now than ever. But about you know, um basically celebrating like black women's bodies and black women's very specifically hair. Yes. That's a major thing. A lot of my girlfriends over the years have always had like, you know, just long black straight hair. And a lot of my friends now are going to their natural hair. And I, so that's how I picked up on it. I'm like, Oh, this is like a real thing. Yes. I think like that, that I never even knew was a thing. Like I never even realized that what, like, maybe five years ago, a law was passed yeah. that essentially the black women Act. could wear their yeah. natural hair. Yeah, that it's work. not illegal. And they're still rolling out states now that are signing on to the Crown Act. I think, and I always think what's so interesting, and this, you know, again, well-meaning white people, that's what I love to call them, who will be like, well, you yeah. could have always come to, you could have always 
existed with your natural hair. And it's kind of like, well, no, you can't. Because I'm aware that when I walk into a job interview with braids in, there's going to be a certain perception of me. If I walk into a client meeting, this is, and this is before. I will say I am lucky now to work for black entertainment television. So like my audacity is like on a thousand um, of what I think I can and cannot get away with as a black woman. But I think, you know, and I saw it with my mother and I spent years being like, mom, can I please get braids? I mean, and I'm a grown woman. Those of you out there who were like, ma'am, you were 25. You could have gotten braids. (laughs) Like, yes, I'm aware. But also again, minorities, we check with our parents about everything. Like there's a great... Who said it? I think Yamanika Sanders, who's this great black comedian. I know Yamanika. She cracks my ass up. She has like a whole set where she like says to this white girl who's heckling her. She's like, what's your mom's name? And she's like, she's like, oh, what? Who do you like your mother? And the woman's like, oh, Cheryl's fine. And she's like, see, that's white girls for you. They'll be like, Cheryl's OK. She's like, but you ask like a brown person. They're like, I love my mother. I would give her my kidney. She drives me <laughs> insane. But honestly, she is God's gift. And she is whom's womb I came from. Like... It's just so different. But I think for me, I've always been aware that I there is a certain standard that is acceptable. So it's like you you get your relaxers, you keep your hair straight and manageable. You then upgrade to like weaves one day. You make sure that it's long and silky. You know, it's a lot of this whole thing now of like black men being like, I want exotic, which like most black women know to mean like, I don't want black. I want black mixed really? with something else. I want this. Like, I mean, I have spent so much of my life hearing the phrase, oh, you're so beautiful for a black girl or what are you mixed with? That it somehow implies if you are beautiful, you cannot possibly so be all crazy. black. People literally have said that. To oh, me. yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Most of my like, I what did I started? Like, I was allowed to start dating how? when I was 15. Like, and that's what, like who? Like in what context? Just uh, dudes being like, wow, you sure are pretty. Like, what are you mixed with? Like, it's so because f- and my mom and I were talking about this last night because, again, she is my prep coach for the episodes. And she was kind of like we were talking. <laughs> I don't know why she thinks she's employed by me. I've also decided she's no longer Chris Jenner. She's actually Moira Rose. But anyway, <laughs> We were talking about this idea of all the stuff that we're mixed with because my dad's getting ready to turn 80 next year, not this year, but the year after. And we were talking about all the kind of like things that make up his heritage, helping us decide where we wanted to go for his birthday, all this stuff. And I said, I find that people are so shocked now when I'll say like, oh, yeah, my grandmother was South Asian, Native American and Caribbean. And then I'll say like, oh, and, and she's my grandmother was biracial. All of my grandparents are biracial. And I find that people are always like, so so you're like you're you're super mixed. I'm like, no, no, I'm black. Don't get it twisted. I am a black woman, you know, and it's like, but you're all these other things. And it's like, yeah, all these other lovely people got together. But I count my blackness. And I heard Melanie Hobson, who's married to um, George Lucas. She said that one day because they have a daughter together, that George was like, you got to stop calling our daughter black. She's also white. Like she's mixed. And Melanie looked him dead in the eye and said, George, your people, your rules. You guys told us if you had a drop of black, you were black. So I'm just following the rules society gave me. And it's like, that's the way I feel. I'm like, yes, I'm all these other things. I am very proud. I absolutely have moments where like we get on the phone and have our little like 
let's celebrate all this other stuff that we are. Like we celebrate new moons and we celebrate Diwali and we celebrate all the parts of our heritage as a family. But we are very clear. We are black women. Now add on to that society being like, well, if you're exotic, you're beautiful. And it's like, you know, or there were articles back in the day that was like the Creolification of Beyonce, which now there's a better understanding of what Creole is. But back in the day, it was like Creole was used as this like, well, you're not black. Or there's this joke amongst black people of like every black person is part Cherokee because every black person wants good hair. Like they all would <laughs> like I died laughing. My god sister did one of those Ancestry.com and her whole family is always like, we're Native American. That's why we have such good hair. That's why we have good hair. And she did the test and she was like, y'all, we aren't even remotely Native American. <laughs> like, we are literally part Mexican. So, like, hate to burst your bubble, but, like, <laughs> we ain't got nothing. Like, st- and that her aunt, and I've had this happen to my family with those genealogy tests. Her aunt was, like, pissed. It was like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be, that doesn't sound interesting to people. And I'm like, again, this is, like, us projecting our own internalized right. racism on our own shit. It's like, it's why... You know, it's why when the first time I ever watched Black Panther and Shuri had braids and the Dora Milaje had their head shaved that I was like, what is this movie? Like, there is not a light skinned woman up here. There is no soft 3C curl. There is no there is nothing here that does not look familiar to me. Like, I still say from a beauty perspective, when homegirl takes that wig off and throws it now to every white person listening they're like that's the part where i laughed that was the part where i was like this is a definitive like fuck your european beauty standard take this wig and shove it up your ass like it was just that moment where she tears off the wig and she's in this beautiful red dress against that gorgeous black skin and you're just like that was the moment i was like oh this is Ryan Coogler made a visual love letter to black people. And that's the way I felt watching and looking at the makeup. It was like the skin looked rich and luminous. Everybody looked so opulent. It was just like, it was just done in the right way. And it's just, and, and I know people are like, Mackenzie, you're rambling, but it's like hair Mm -hmm. and makeup is so specific to black women. Like I spent so much of my adolescence while friends were again, like taking makeup samples out of the magazine and putting it on, I had to, I remember being so upset the first time my mom took me to the Bobby Brown makeup counter and realizing I was going to have to buy multiple shades of foundation to mix yes. the right color. And it was just kind of like, and it would almost be embarrassing to me after swim practice when girls were like putting their makeup on to have to pull out like all this makeup or pull out makeup that was different from theirs. It's like a friend would have like a light peach shadow and be like, here girl, try it out. And you're just like, this ain't even showing up. This is making me look like I got a disease. Like I got ashy cheeks. <laughs> I got ash on my cheeks. Why am I doing this? Like it, you, I forever envy the kids now that are growing up in this world where like you have right. black makeup YouTubers telling you that like this eyeshadow girl ain't going to show up on you. Like don't even use this palette. Like don't grab that white highlighty color and put it under your brow bone because it's going to look like you're, you're going to look crazy. It's just there's so much to the conversation of how we talk to black and brown people. Yes. Particularly from a beauty standard that I don't think you understand if much like we were saying with Black is King, where all of a sudden you realize like, oh, this ain't for me. Like, oh, this Dyson hairbrush that's $8,000 that I just wrap around my hair. Not for me. I know that. I'm aware. (laughs) 
okay. You know, or if I listen to a podcast episode and they're like, we have celebrity hairstylist so-and-so on. In my head, I'm like, how much of a celebrity stylist are you if you can't do black hair? Because every yep. single tip that you're giving right now is like, let it air dry. You know, the amount of time I spent as a teenager thinking like, can I use sun in? No, bitch, you can't. You cannot use sun in. <laughs> Truth- truthfully, nobody no should. One should. Yeah, use nobody should have used it. But it was just like, it was just <laughs> stuff not- I would just read in magazines yes. and think, oh, I'm going to try that too at the sleepover. And then you're in the sleepover and somebody's like, um, I'm going to. You know, or it's like, let's give each other head massages and they go to rub your head. And then they're like, what's all this in your hair? And you're like, it's a weave, because if I don't have a weave, then my hair is not silky like yours and can't be blown out. You know, it's like the things that I had to I don't know, not had to endure, but like the things that no, I had to, yes. to navigate that seemed normal at the time that now in hindsight, you're like, that's wild. That is truly wild that I have always felt like in order to do well at my job or to be taken seriously or to seem attractive to a man or whatever the case may be, I have to adopt a certain level of what society is telling me is beautiful. And I get it. There are like non-black women listening right now who are like, I also have to subscribe to society's standards. But again, like white privilege. Yes, absolutely. All women are being put the pressure on them of meeting a certain societal standard. But then it's not that extra layer. It's like I have spent so much time under the impression of like I I heard I have soup cooler lips. I have a big mouth, all this stuff. I am now 32 watching people on Instagram share their lip injection journeys. And it's like exactly and it blows my mind. It blows my mind. And that's why I think then when you watch a black is king where it's like you're seeing your face and it's not being fetishized. It's not being used as caricature. There's none of that there that all of a sudden you're like, oof, oof, we are lit. What? What was I over here worried about? Why was I over here over? <laughs> what? You know what, girl? Go on. Overline your lips. Try to be me. Like, enjoy it while you can, because this this does not wash off once I use my makeup remover. You know, it's like it's just it's yeah, I'm just rambling, but it's just, it's beautiful. Well, there was there was a. There was a Instagram story. It was like a TikTok that you like you tagged me in in <laughs> um in in like a promotion of part one yes. of our Blackest King breakdown. And it's this guy, and he's like, Honey child. Yeah, he's, he's, just yeah, he's like his mind his after mind. watching Blackest King. And he like says, White people just can't, they cannot get this. And then he says, like, no offense. Yeah. <laughs> like he's like, he's like, but like really, like, if you're a white woman and you like this, great for you. But like th- this is so important to black yes. people. Yes. So just try to sum up what why exactly that is. I think it's important to black people, especially this idea of kind of like across the diaspora, is that it is a love letter to black people happening on the continent. And I think there has always been a very difficult relationship between both Africans and black people of like those that got taken away and those that got to stay. And I find there's to be something so beautiful about how she bridges the two worlds where she talks about Christianity, but she also talks about African mythology and ancestry. She's talking, you know, she's putting black women in the video, but she's also having this cotillion happening in Africa. Like I think why it is important is it is, storytelling to everyone across this diaspora saying that like you matter and you are seen and you are beautiful. And I think to me, the 
kind of like thesis statement of the whole piece is um, I think it's find your way back where mm-hmm. she says you're swimming back to yourself. You'll meet yourself at the shore. And I think another line where it's like, there's a part of your ancestors that live in you. I think we're all, especially black people. We are, we are a people with no home. You know, we were taken from our, our land, bought to a country where we didn't speak the language, then oppressed, told what we could and could not do. We pulled ourselves up by our bootstraps, tried our best to make it in this culture that constantly tells us you don't matter. You don't need to be here. Shut up, get in your place, be the model minority, like do a better job. And I think why that film matters even now more than ever is at a time when we are losing our brothers and sisters, being told what we are being told whether or not our lives matter. It's kind of like, fuck what you heard. Your ancestors live in you and you are swimming back to yourself every single time you continue to not get pulled down. And so I think to me, that is why it matters. Okay. So I want to now introduce this juxtaposition, okay, yes. of Black is King, this beautiful film. It's hopefully going to win all of the awards. Oh, I wanted to win it everything. deserves to. And if it wins nothing, I mean, it feels very validating if it does. <laughs> so, you know, Beyonce, she like wrote, directed, produced, she did all the all things. The things. She Black paid she King, paid okay? for it, I recently found out too. Which is wild. Wild. Like I'm like because there's no way that that wasn't like a multi-million oh, dollar I'm still like I'm budget. like that clearly was a, an Avengers budget like that was that was end game money there's no way that wasn't <laughs> crazy so that drops right mm-hmm. on July 31st yeah. and then about what a week, a week later a week and a half it's later a week. yeah WAP video drops yeah. which is um a Cardi B and also Megan the Stallion Ca- Cardi B Megan the Stallion and it is very different. Yes, it's very <laughs> different. Black is king. So I actually, I'm going to tell you my my first thought yeah. that I had, and you tell me how stupid. I'm not going to tell you that it's is. stupid at all. Get out of here. I would never. I basically WAP comes out, and I thought to myself, I wonder if when Black is King came out, because you know, I mean, these things are shot, and they're like release dates. That they, they, they're like oh, yeah. they're predetermined months. Oh, months, out, and right? Months out. Months out. So I was wondering to myself if when Cardi B watched Black is King, because I'm assuming she did. Oh, you know she did. Bell Calise Calise is so proudly Afro-Latina. It's amazing to me. I wonder, though, if she was like, shit. No, no, (laughs) because that came out and now I've got wet ass pussy (laughs) video coming out. (laughs) Maybe she was like. I wish we hadn't gone with the boom fountains. See, my I thing, wish. See, I don't even. I don't look at what you're saying as misguided. I guess my thing is, I'm just like everybody else gets to do all of this stuff. Like, dudes get like white guys get to like you know white guys get to be the chairman of Goldman Sachs and then like be the DJ at a chain smokers concert. Like, like <laughs> first of all. They do, but like they really should. They really shouldn't. <laughs> Just because you American doesn't mean you American should. But, <laughs> but like, uh, I guess I I looked at both of those because we had, and I full disclosure, I said this to Taylor. Like my the green side of the family is wildly overeducated. Like we have, like my cousin John John is a perfect example. This man has both a PhD, like a medical doctorate, and he like geez. went to law school because he was bored. So like, John, oh my God. And he's like, John, John's like the family anesthesiologist. Like if you need an anesthesiologist, John, John like flies in to do it for you. But we were having this like cousin call with all the PhDs and professors and 
all this stuff on the phone, you know, me with my measly MBA. I always joke that I'm like, I'm asked my sister all the time, like, do you feel, do you feel uneducated on this call since you only have an undergrad degree? Like, (laughs) (laughs) and she was just like, shut your face. But (laughs) it was like, we were talking about WAP because one of my cousins teaches a history of hip hop class. And one of the women and one of my female cousins brought up like this video set us back 500 years and like my cousin Chad and I were like, how, how? Cause Chad brought up Bessie Smith. And for those that don't know, like they were Bessie Smith and moms of Maybelline, all people well before in the twenties and thirties and forties who were writing far filthier things for black women to sing. And nobody was saying anything. And he was kind of like, you know, there's a history of, of black women singing about whatever they want to sing about and blah, blah, blah. But my counter to these wildly educated people was like, listen, I don't understand what Cardi's singing about her vagina has to do with my vagina. Because like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, if you t- if you don't want to have a WAP and you instead would like a dry and adequate, like, that's fine. <laughs> like, I don't see the problem. And I guess for me, it's not that I'm like, oh, you're saying it's so misguided. It's like, why can't Black women be all of these things? Like, Right. Our sisters, our non-melanated sisters get the grace to be like hot playboy models and then like mothers and then like white snake right. videos and then desirable. You know, it's like how many times is, you know, Shayna Mokler went from being like hottie, hottie, hottie to being like mom, you know, or it's like uh, Angelina Jolie, Angelina Jolie, blood. exactly. Then she became motherfucking Teresa. Exactly. It's like, I. it's not yep. to be like, oh, white people, white women get all this grace. But it's like there is a world in which I feel like people because I look at it as there's backlash on both sides. People have a real issue with Beyonce making a movie that is a love letter to her heritage that it's like, you know, what was the joke? It was like, I bet Terry Crews is somewhere being like, but white is also king. It's like <laughs> people have a real issue with that. But then on the flip side, they've got an issue with Belle Calise and Megan telling everybody that like, I like sex. I enjoy it. You know, like my mother, my mother thinks the funniest line in that whole song is I don't cook, I don't clean, but let me tell you how I got this ring. Like, my mom <laughs> thinks that shit is hilarious. She thinks it's, like, the funniest line she's ever heard in a song. And she was like, she was like, I would like that said at your father and I's 40th wedding anniversary. Like, I would like, I would like us to, I would like to get a pat on the back for that one. And I was like, first of all, you, I hate you so much. <laughs> I don't want to be here. I want to go home. But like, but I look at somebody like my mother who grew up in a world in which she still was having to figure out, you know, I mean, they were still using the green book when my mom was traveling to figure out like what places were safe for black people. So to her, it is funny that we exist at a time and space where there's now all this room being made for black people, whether you're Rachel Cargill writing deep introspective pieces, whether you're uh, Z-Way doing like funny satire interviews on Instagram, whether you're Cardi and Megan talking about wet ass pussy, whether you're Beyonce <laughs> talking about your black heritage, whether you're Michelle Obama discussing mental health for black people. It's like I personally am just like, what a time I just love to say this phrase. What a time to be alive. But like, what a time yep. to exist where black women are like, I'm not going to I am i don't want to hear your shit. Like, I don't I don't I don't care. I don't care how you feel. I'm going to make whatever I want to make. Like Beyonce was like, I don't need you guys to wait to fund this film. Like, 
thank you so much for putting me in Lion King. I'm now going to make a better version of it and give it back to you. You're welcome. You know, or it's like, to me, WAP is brilliant because it's like, here you have Megan who got shot by a man for reasons right. we'll never, I don't know. And here she was, you know, three days after it happened, crying on the internet because people were, you know, because people are shitty and especially yes. black people asking like, well, what did she do that she got shot? And it's like, you know what? Fuck whatever I did. This is I'm moving on to the next one. And this is why because I got a WAP. So just recently I um, acted like a huge asshole. OK, I just like I have a thing. It's happening only annually at this point, <laughs> but it used to have happen like um, like, you know, biannually or like <laughs> seasonally. But like I, you know, will blow the fuck up over something the size of a pee. Yeah. Then like I go from zero to 60 and it's something I'm addressing in therapy because it it's not okay. But the thing is, no matter how justified I am, right, in the feeling of the feelings that make me go insane, the second I snap, I've lost. Somebody yeah. could literally shoot me in the foot or stab me. But the way that I behave is so out of control that I lose all credibility whatsoever. Yeah. But so that's the thing. It's like this idea though of like, what did she do? Yeah. Like what? Like that is. But again, and this is like a whole thing for another day of this internalized idea of what the right kind of black woman is. So like I personally, I, my favorite. And that comes out of like how black women should act, how black women should treat a black man, all this stuff that it's like, I feel like, and it happens across the board, you know, with a lot of people. And I'm sure a lot of victims of domestic violence and having to have worked with some myself. It's like that's a that's a question they ask regardless of what your color is. But I felt like this this conversation that was happening with black people, especially amongst black men, that was like, right. well, what did she do? Like I had a what did she do? There was a guy. It doesn't matter what she did. Yes. What he it doesn't matter. There what was a guy did. I dated in college. Um he, he's a moron, everybody. That's the through line of everybody I've ever dated. They're, they're kind of stupid. <laughs> uh, but he, when I like posted a thing on my Facebook being like, if if you heard about Megan Thee Stallion getting shot and your first question was, what did she do? You're part of the problem. Yeah. And he like sent me a note being like, really, Mackenzie? Really? Which I was like, hmm, sweetie, this is why we're not together. Um, <laughs> you could have been Mr. Mackenzie Green, but yet you're not. Um, and he said like, well, Megan's taller than Tory Lanez and this and that. So maybe it was what? justified. And I'm like, first of self-defense. Is he trying to go? with? Yeah, he was trying to go with self-defense. And I was like, <laughs> I said, I don't you have a gun like this is. This is not gun to gun. This is you bought a no. gun to a verbal fight. And now you want to shoot me in the foot because I'm taller than you. And again, this is where I had my anger over this idea of like the savage black woman or the strong. It's like because Megan the Stallion is tall and takes up space and enters a room with presence and and is successful and is successful. Right? Some, and has a voice. Somehow her stature affords her takes away her femininity her ability to be right. protected and soft and i find that that is something that is constant for black women and so and yes yeah, somebody's listening right now being like bitch what does this have to do with wap what it has to do with wap is these two women are saying there is a time and place where i am absolutely going to be like not in charge and I want you to be in charge. And I want a man who gets it. And I want a dude that understands, like, these are the things I want to be pleased. And my thing is, like, yes, Black women. Like, more of that in 2020. Like, demanding what we want, saying what we like, whether it's in a bedroom, a boardroom, 
any of it of just being unapologetically like, yes, this is what I like. This is what I enjoy. It's like, you know what? I recently was like, yes, I love The Sims. I would rather play The Sims to hang out with some of you. And that's just me. Like I literally my sister-in-law said something to me in the effect of like, oh, people that play video games are stupid. And I'm like, bitch, I play video games like, you know, just kind of like, really? And it's like, yes, there are black people that play video games. There are black women that do all of these things. And it's just I just I so you're loving the juxtaposition. Yes, I love from it. Blackest thing to WAP because it's like, yes, as black people, as yes. black women specifically, yes. we can we can we can do it do all. It all. We can do all of it. Run the spectrum. Like I yes. loved that Bernice King said um, in reference to WAP. She was like, please stop using my mother to put down other black people. And like, f- listen, black people especially love to do respectability politics. And that's a whole other thing again of like internalized racism and white and systemic white supremacy kind of like weaving itself into black culture is this like the right way to be black you know i i can't stand kanye but i think the greatest line he ever had in all falls down was like even if you're in a benz you're still an n-word in a coupe it's like yeah guys guess what whether or not you i'm with bernice whether or not you're singing wop it doesn't it does not matter if you are in a beautiful suit or you are in a thong and a set of pasties they still see a black woman and you still have to fight against that shit. So it's like, we don't need to start being like, that was inappropriate. It's like, no, we all deserve a seat at this table. Absolutely. And then we gonna flip this bitch and take over the other tables. Cause when we do, it'll probably be better for everybody. Like that's my whole thing. I just think, I think like my thing is like, let's give, let's give people whiplash where they're like, bitch, what? Which one are you? Are you a mother and an ocean goddess? Or are you like over here talking about WAP? Like I'm both. I'm all of them. Like, hate Whitney Houston told y'all I'm every woman and we are like, here we are. <laughs> oh, I'm going to do the lamest thing right now. Look around, look around at how lucky we are to be alive right now. <laughs> yep. For real. For right? realsies. For realsies. Like, guys. Do you think that you would be... I mean, I don't want you to be different in any way, shape, or form because I think that you're just utter per fucking fiction. But how different do you think your relationship with yourself would be, let's say, if you were to get to grow up now? I I have said this so many times that I I tr- like I look at my niece and I am so nervous and excited for her because I see her going through the same stuff I went through. Like I can still remember the first time a little boy like held out one of my braids and just looked at it. Like I was like a foreign animal. Like I still, I can still see in my mind, my second grade class. And I can still see like the four or five people standing around me at the desk, holding my braids out and just looking at them. Like, like I'm an anthropological study. Like I'm just like the most fascinating foreign creature they had ever seen in their God given lives. Like for these braids to be growing out of my head, like what? And it's not that I fault any of these kids. It's just the imagery we saw was so different from what we were experiencing. And we weren't given a vocabulary to be like, these are braids. Like I didn't have the vocabulary to say, these are braids. They're beautiful. It's growing out of my hair. You're welcome. Bye. Go back to your chair, Daniel. Leave me alone. (laughs) Daniel, (laughs) I have to ask you, do you blame Daniel? Do you believe, do you blame Daniel's parents or do you just, is it just really a societal? I think it's just a societal thing. You know, it's like, I, my mom did so much work that her whole rule, rule when I was growing up was um, all the Barbies had to have jobs. I couldn't just have like a Barbie that just existed to be cute. 
that was like against her rules. And I look back now and I think to myself, like, how much work did she have to put in to find the black veterinarian Barbie? You know, because I can think about the times that we went to Toys R Us and I didn't see any black Barbies or there would be like four and they would all have already been purchased. (laughs) And I think to myself, like, wow, that took a lot of work for her to do her best to, like, show me you know, positive images. Or like, I think back to my grandmother taking me to, we had a class trip to Monticello, which for anybody that doesn't know, Thomas Jefferson's house. This was pre the Sally Hemings reveal on Oprah and all that stuff. And I remember being mortified that my grandmother asked the tour guide, where are the slave quarters? And I remember being mortified. I was like, grandma, Thomas Jefferson didn't have slaves. How embarrassing. And she's looking at me like, what are they teaching you in this school? Why do you think that Thomas Jefferson didn't have slaves? It's like, this is a very long winded way of saying like, I think, I think there's a lot more unbotheredness I would have had I grown up with all this. Like I still, even now at 32 have moments where I will just be like, where I can feel that that societal systemic Eurocentric idea like creeping in. Like, perfect example, I was doing Pilates this morning and I had like a moment where I was like, oh, I hope this like helps make my inner thighs just like, I hope it makes my legs so much slimmer. And there are just like, but I'll think to myself like, but who, nobody in your family has thin thighs. Like none of the black women you know have thin thighs. Why are you so embarrassed by this thing that in any other like in any other space you would be so proud of or like my dad's joke about his 80th birthday at first when he was like oh maybe we'll go to Ghana he like even said to me on the phone he goes yeah and I think you need to go to Africa because I think the first time you like step off the plane and you get a chance to see all these different types of black people and the first time like somebody's just like wow you're so beautiful or they say to you you're so thin you should eat something i think will do you wonders you know it's just <laughs> there are so many times where even my own internalized shit comes out where and it's not just me it'll be like something my mom will say where she's like oh you know we were just discussing this with my hair she was kind of like okay, now when are we going to transition out of the braids? And I said, oh, well, they they suit me well for, for work and everything else. And she was like, okay, but I mean, when it's time for you to go back to the office, do you think you should get rid of them? And it's like, and that's not a, a knock on her. It's, it's a real question. She's thinking in her yeah. mind, is she going to get taken seriously at work with braids in? And so all of that is to say, like, I do think I'd be different, but I feel like it is then my duty to serve, like, my niece's, and to right. do right by them. You know, I told a story on part one of showing my four-year-old niece homecoming. My brother was mortified. Yeah. My brother, furious with me, was like, this is so inappropriate. But I explained to him, and I don't think I talked about this on part one, like, my mom took me to see Janet Jackson when I was four. Yeah. My grandmother thought it was the most ill-advised thing she had ever seen in her life. And this was like, <laughs> and this was real, like, Miss Jackson, if you're nasty, like, tie him up on a board, <laughs> all this stuff. And my mom talked about how she I just stood on my chair the entire time of the concert and didn't speak, didn't say anything, just stood there, just stood on this mesmerized. mesmerized. But she didn't know I was she thought I was bored. And she talked about how the next morning she was telling my grandmother, like, I don't think she noticed any of it. She was barely paying attention. She fell asleep midway through the near the end of the show. And my mom talks about how she heard me going like, we are the world of the weird nation, like coming down the hallway. <laughs> and I like came in her room in a bikini top no. and jeans. And I stood and I stood and she at my dad's doorway and went, give me a beat and like started like wiggling my butt. <laughs> 
And my mom talked about how, like, she was just like, mom, I got to go. Something's happening. And then, like, but when she asked me, like, Mackenzie, what are you doing? That I was like, everybody loves her. She's so beautiful. Like, for me, that was a vision expander to see thousands of people screaming for this black woman was just like, it blew my mind. And that's why for my niece, I remember turning to my brother and I said, I was four years old when Janet Jackson came into my life. Like, right. I'm not, I'm not the most confident person, Adam, but I will tell you, there is something deep in my spirit that even when I'm like, you fat, ugly cow, that's like on the other side of my brain being like, don't listen to this bitch. She lying. You are a force of nature. Life's Miss Jackson. So get dressed and give them people what they want. It's like, I want that for my niece that even what she was saying, kids at school are starting to ask me why my hair is so, is so uh, coarse or uh-huh. they're starting to feel my little afro. I wanted, uh, I wanted, I want number her, one rule, white people stop touching black touch people's hair. Black people's stop hair. For my, my God, guys, if you learn nothing God, else today, stop geez. touching our hair. Stop asking us about our hair. Stop being like, is this all yours? Because guess what? Your faves, it's not all theirs either. But anyway, but it's like, <laughs> I wanted my niece to have that moment of like, no matter how rough life starts getting, no matter how many of these questions are going to start to come your way, it's like, here she was at four and already starting to get the like, your hair looks different than mine feel. I wanted her at the very least somewhere in her subconscious to always be that image as a little girl of those women that look like her dancing on that stage at Coachella. You know, I, I told the story on yep. the show of like my niece saying, looking at Beyonce and going, she's fancy. And I said, Zozo, who does she look like? And she was like, but she's so fancy. And I said, Zozo, you're fancy. And she looked down at like her little hands and her, she touched her little hair. And she kind of looked at me like, girl, what? And I said, Zozo, I'm going to tell you a secret. Black women are fancy. And it was kind of like, and her eyes lit up and she looked at me and looked at my mom because for people that don't know, my niece is adopted. She's a dark skinned black girl. My sister-in-law, my brother's wife is is Chinese and my brother is biracial from my dad's first marriage. So for those of you that are confused, um, but she kind of looked at my mom and I, and then she kind of like smirked and then she like turned over her shoulder and looked at my sister-in-law and I said, but don't tell your mom, we don't want to hurt her feelings. So she kind of gave me this look like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I got it. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, but the three of us, the three of us, we fancy girl. Don't let them tell you otherwise. You know, it's like, I just, I look at her and I just think she is growing up at a time where black women are superheroes or black women are, you know, these incredible artists. She's just, she's getting to see a vision of blackness that yes. I wish I had had at that age. I'm going to say something. And if I'm way off base, please let me know. But like, I, I like you talk about Janet Jackson. I, I was brought up on like, my mom loved Michael Jackson. And of course, Janet Jackson as well. Yes. Like I was brought up on a lot of music that had soul to it, mm-hmm. you know, a lot. And I mean, like, and credit to my mom for that. But I am... Yes, I am a white girl. Yes, I come from white privilege. You know, I am comfortable like having to acknowledge that. I I mean, it's uncomfortable, but I have to acknowledge it. But I am I've got a big butt and thick thighs. And I will say even like me now looking at all this black and brown imagery, it is helpful to me in terms of dealing with body image issues, because, you know, the standard of of beauty, white beauty, yes. it is, it's it's certainly unattainable for me. And I can tell you but that But it's much. truly, it is the standard for all of us. It is why 
in Africa and in in India, one of the biggest selling products is skin lightening cream because it's like, how close can you get to this image? And it's it. <sighs> It, there's this great essay, and I, I reference it all the time, and people are probably sick of hearing about it. It is um, Letter on Feminism from, like, 1963. It's in this great book called How We Fight White Supremacy. And basically, this kind of, like, feminist letter starts with, if we fight for the least among us, we will dismantle so many structures put into place to oppress all of those. And so if we work mm-hmm. to fight to free Black women, think about yes. all the structures that have to be taken down that are beneficial to everybody else. And it's like, and I, I put like an asterisk and addendum on that. And I say like, if we actually, instead of fighting for black women, if we fight for the rights of black trans disabled women, the shit that we will dismantle to get to that point, it's like, and that's why when you say something like more space being given to black women to be beautiful is then feeling for you more authentic that you're like, oh, people's thighs touch? Like, yes. <laughs> like, oh my God, really? people have I asses? Walked, like, jeans with stretches? I yesterday. My thighs hurt so much today. I'm I'm truly waddling. I, now, if that's not a reminder that I don't have thigh gap, I don't know what is. I think, the, like, I think truly like, the blackest moment of my life was running the 2.3 miles for Maude Aubrey and then wearing a hole in the middle of my running shorts and the thigh. And I was like, <laughs> if this ain't the blackest shit on the planet, I am out here trying <laughs> I'm out here trying to run to honor this poor black man that was murdered and now my black ass legs just rubbed a hole in the crotch of my <laughs> pants and I got like chafing marks and I was like hobbling back home. I'm like, man, this this is stupid. Girl, yeah, like I was just like this is so dumb. <laughs> like why am I here? But it really, it is. I mean, it's it is, is that insane to say? Or, no, I don't think. I, mean, I don't think it's insane at all because I really do think it's all of this stuff that has to be torn down to make space for the least among us. Because, like, here's a perfect example: if we fight for Black women's equal pay, everybody gets pay equity. Then, like, exactly. Like, if we fight for Indigenous women to get equal pay, do you realize everybody else has to get paid? the equal wage because they are at the bottom of what their money is to, you know, their white male counterparts. And it's just, I am just such a proponent of like tearing down the structure for everybody. It's like, this is, this is such a ridiculous and people are gonna be like, how is this a parallel? But like when I said the thing about like black trans women, like if we fight for their rights, we fight for everybody's rights. The most beautiful I have ever felt is having, um, the, like this woman I met when I was 15 at the height of my awkward phase, face covered in acne, braces, the whole nine, was a trans woman. I didn't realize she was trans at the time, a trans black woman. In my mind, all I saw was a tall, beautiful black woman because I was tall and I was hearing from every boy in high school that I was way too tall for them, that like I didn't look the right way. And I remember seeing this like six foot four woman in heels with all this luminous black skin, this beautiful makeup. And I remember walking into that Mac and being like, and I literally had my head down and my mom was like, oh, my mom went up to her. Her name was Nikki. I still think about her to this day. Went up to her and said like, hi, would you help my daughter put on makeup? And I think I even said to Nikki, like, well, I'm not, you you can't fix this. I've got a face full of, you know, like I got all these bumps and dark marks and all this stuff. And I remember her leaning in and being like, honey, I cover up a lot more than zits on a daily basis. <laughs> now, my little dumbass was like, you're so beautiful. What do you mean? But like now in hindsight, I'm like, 
oh, because this trans woman had to learn how to be more feminine or want to feel more ownership in her body or she who knows who she's helping through their transition with makeup, the stuff she had to learn for herself. It, yes. it made my handful of cystic acne look like child's play, you know, and it's like, right. but that's my whole thing about like, just like what you're saying of like seeing these women who have big thighs and being like, oh, am I, I'm beautiful too. It's like, I grew up in a world in which it was like the closer I can get to long, beautiful, silky hair, pin thin legs, you know, yep. light colored eyes, the closer I can get to all of that, the more beautiful I will be. And it was like, and I would work so hard and work so hard. And even when I went to Miss USA, it was like, I still don't look right, so to speak. Now I look back at photos and I'm like, oh, I wish I was as fat as I was when I thought I was fat. Like, my God. Same, same. But it's, same. But it's like, it's so funny to me when I look back in hindsight that it's that like, and as dumb as it sounds, I wish when I went to Miss USA that Black is King had come out because I would have gone exactly. to that pageant. And and this is 2010. Like if I had gone, right. and it was, and it was common knowledge amongst women of like, especially to black girls of like, get a weave straighten your hair if you do have curly hair it's got to be those soft beautiful bouncy like simple curls it can't be a 4b hair and it was just like Like a beach fucking wave. yeah it needs to be like a beach (laughs) wave it needs to as i like to call it it's it's the nice bouncy biracial curls you know it needed to be all of that and it's like and that was 2010 it blew my mind three years later to have a girl win with curly hair when i saw like to have Deshauna Barber, who's also a former Miss DC, so I love her, um, and we're all in a sisterhood chat, because if you ever wanted to know weird, it's pageant girls on a group chat together. But <laughs> to watch Deshauna take off her wig when she was passing on her crown and to have her natural hair, it was it was overwhelming to me. And I was like, because I could have never thought we would ever see a Miss USA with like chocolate brown skin and natural hair. And it's like, and all of that, as simple as it sounds, if you're like, well, it's not that big of a deal. You, you, it is. It's like, I should not be able to count the first black anything anymore in 2020. I should not be able to look at something and be like, that is the first time I've ever seen blank, but it is it true. I'm still having first now. And I can't even imagine what it feels like for my mother or for my my father to, to be the ages they are and still be seeing first. And what makes me excited is that my niece is getting these first early in her life. So she will be my age and she will not be like, this is the first time I've ever seen a black woman as a pilot in the Naval, you know, in the Navy, or this is the first time I've ever right. seen a black woman with natural hair lead a major motion picture studio or what, you know, in Bozeman, St. John, like the first are over for her. She's seen them. They happen in her lifetime. Right there. You know, the fact that right now we were discussing who will potentially be a black female vice president. My niece will grow up with the impression that black women aren't just the wife of the president. They are potentially right. in line to become the president. And that to me, mind blowing, because I'm like, once that happens, once the floodgates are open for that, I can't wait to see, an openly trans person run for the presidency. I cannot wait to see an indigenous woman run for the presidency. Cause like low key it's their country y'all. So like they should be in mm-hmm. office more than anybody. You know, it's like, I cannot wait to see a Latina woman running for president. I cannot wait to see all of that. Like I can't wait for us to get like, you know, as a hardcore Christian, I can't wait for us to get like a Wiccan 
you know, Asian woman married to a disabled Latina running for office. Like, I cannot wait for her to be like, it's the moon ritual. Join me at the White House for the new moon ceremony. Like, we are just moving in progress towards not different being in charge, but the reality of what our world looks like stepping into the forefront. And I think it just helps everybody because the first time everybody sees that, it's going to be like, oh, that's me. And it's going to possibly be some like, white girl in West Virginia who will look up at like a disabled woman and will be like, that's me. Cause I'm an amputee. And now I finally see myself here. And it took us having to make space for these people for everybody to see themselves. Cause we ain't all, you know, blonde haired, blue eyed and you know, Aryan goddesses. <laughs> you know what? And that's the thing. It's like, so if you just, go back to the very beginning of this. If you're saying, oh, you know, Blackest King wasn't made for me. Beyonce is making this music for black people. It is still for you. It's for you for so many different reasons. It's for you to be a better ally. It's for you to get perspective you never had before. And actually, it might help you feel better about you in the long run. Wow. Long story longer. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm Watch like, I'm so sorry. Black guys. is king. I'm so sorry. Watch Black is king. If, if that was just to be clear, if you didn't catch it. Yes. Watch Black, Watch is, Black king. is king. And then, you know, listen to the Dissect podcast on Lemonade. Read Lovey Ojoye's article about why Black is king is the most magical thing ever. And then, like Taylor said, at the end of all of that, if you're like, it's still garbage, bitch, you the problem. So move on. <laughs> You who we marching I'm against. I'm you. <laughs> I fucking love you, Mackenzie. You guys, Mackenzie's on my radio show, The Taylor Shucker Show, every single Friday, so you can check her out there. And I just, I ugh, fucking love you. You know you know how I feel. I love you. I, I, I can't say it enough. You're the best. You guys, follow Mackenzie at Miss USA 2 MBA uh, on Instagram. She's doing all the things, I all do. the time. She has all the jobs. I really do. I mean, my goodness. You really do. I mean, that Jamaican just jumps right on out of me with my, like, 47 jobs. I tell you guys. Honestly, Mackenzie for fucking president. Please. Me, please no. Please no. Okay. Don't, okay. don't vote okay. for me. If you guys... <laughs> Can you imagine what a what a nightmare? Yes, actually, <laughs> I, I it's the best choice I'm seeing on the ballot these days. Then then you know let's hope for Kamala because that's about as close as you're going to get to some Mackenzie action on this planet. <laughs> you guys, that's it for us this week. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And uh, hey. If you like what you hear here, why don't you listen to The Taylor Strecker Show? You can go to taylorstrecker.com and subscribe there. Okay, guys, that's it for us this week. Mackenzie, thank you so much. Thank you, Tay. Bye, girl. Bye. Bye. Bye.